and the scribes our daily walk with the Lord. And the comfort and the strength that he gives. Uh, and it's offered all, not from some nebulous experience in the cloud or anything like that, but it's through thy holy word. It's through his word that we find what, how he wants us to live and how we can please him. His moral will, as we've talked about here in, in the recent past. And so with those themes in mind, we're going to center on another passage in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Talking tonight about walking in a worthy manner. And Paul, remember, um, starts out this letter. In fact, we'll just go ahead and read from the very beginning of the letter to remind us. It's been a few weeks since we've been in Colossians. We uh, we did a detour, a needed detour, talking about um, God's will for our lives. And you're really going to see how that plugs in and helps us to better understand these verses tonight. So I'm very thankful for the opportunity to do that. But we need to remind ourselves of what's happened here in this letter. So let's start at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Epaphras was the one that told Paul of the wondrous fruit of the gospel displayed in the ministry of this church in Colossae, that this, a, a city that was becoming more and more insignificant, and yet it was highly significant to Paul and to Jesus Christ because there was work of the gospel going on there, folks. God Remember, it is not measure significance by tall buildings or population or financial resources, but he measures significance of a particular, even a particular city, by the fruitful work of the gospel going on there. And so we have this beautiful letter as a result of that work. Now remember, Paul had mentored Epaphras. Epaphras had probably met up with Paul in Ephesus somehow, maybe got saved there, been mentored. And he had a burden to return to his hometown, his native city, Colossae. And he proclaimed the gospel there. And Paul describes now a spiritual harvest of a community of believers that were power, powerfully serving God faithfully. What a blessing that was to hear that. And so Paul, as is his typical but wonderful reaction, is to turn from that news and say, now I'm going to pray for you. And he has a very specific prayer for them in which he asked God to work further in his great power to mature these believers in their walk with him. And we'll see this in verses 9 through 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Father, we're grateful to be able to be back in Colossians tonight, and I pray that it will be of great benefit to us, that as we've learned much about um, your will for our lives and how we can know that will, by reading your word and, and just submitting to your sovereign plan, that we can be ready uh, to walk worthy of you, to walk in a pleasing manner uh, to you in every decision and every step that we take. Lord, we stumble many times, but we pray that you would encourage us and motivate us to continue to seek to walk in a manner pleasing to you every day. And that be reminded as well, that we are reminded that we have your strength and power to do so. So there's no excuses. And help us to be encouraged and be informed about how we can do this better. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, walking in a worthy manner is the topic tonight. And first of all, we're going to see our worthy walk is possible through God's power. We can know God's will and grow in his wisdom, and we have seen that, right, in our series. I hope that you've understood that after going through that whole series in God's will for our lives. So let's go back to verse 9 again, and Paul is responding to this wonderful news of this fruitful ministry in Colossae that God has used this faithful servant, Epaphras, um, to minister to the people there, and they've trusted Christ. And so Paul is responding in immediate and faithful prayer support uh, when he hears of this ministry. Now remember, as he begins this, as he tells about his committed prayer for these people, he's never met any of these folks, except for Epaphras. There is a connection there. And certainly as um, you have uh, people that you mentor and they go on to serve and to minister in other places, you pray for them. I just had an opportunity just yesterday, let's say, and I did. Um, a young lady that was in our youth group, uh, very dear to us, her name was Laura, she texted us yesterday, and she is in the nursing program at Cedarville in Ohio, and she was with a psychiatric patient yesterday who was suicidal. And this patient basically told her, I had some things happen to me when I was a, when I was a child, and I, I just can't forgive. I have a hard time forgiving because of that. And she said, could you give me any thoughts or you have any ideas of what I could say to this person? I'll be seeing them again soon, but uh, I'm leaving at seven. So I was able to text her some words and some scripture about uh, forgiveness towards others and releasing and letting go of the hurt and the pain to God and letting him handle it. And she texted back and gave us an update on that, that she wasn't sure um, the, the woman moved on to talk about some other things, but she had talked about God and she had prayed with this, with this lady. And folks, it was, even though we were concerned for this lady's situation, it was a blessing 
for one of our young ladies that we had for so many years in our youth group in Maryland to now be ministering in these very difficult situations and having this fruitful ministry with people that are really hurting and suffering. And it was a wonderful, and, and so, of course, we ended that time, as Les and I were thinking about that, we prayed much for Laura yesterday, that God would give her wisdom. And Paul prays much as he hears about Epaphras and this ministry opportunity that Epaphras has as the leader of this church. But it also is, um, it's convicting to hear the detailed faithful, committed prayer that Paul gives. I look at this sometimes, and I think, am I that quick to pray such a passionate, faithful prayer to those that I, I hear about other people's situations of ministry, maybe that I don't know as well? It, it, we don't have time to pray for every ministry situation, or we never do anything else. I understand that. But a very practical aspect of this, I even thought, do I even pray for our missionaries? I don't see them every day like i do our own people do i pray for them in this manner that paul's praying for them that in a specific way they would continue to mature in their faith i need to and so it's a conviction paul's prayer life is always a conviction for us isn't it in his dedication he's committing specific prayers for their further growth well what was his prayer for them Verse 9, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Well, there it is. He prays that they would grow in their knowledge of God's moral will and practice that in wisdom and understanding. Now, I don't think anybody felt this way, but if you were tempted to think as we were going through God's will in this study, that they all right, well, we've got it. Let's move on. Notice that Paul, as he's praying for these folks, the main thing that's on his mind, and I brought my chart back tonight. It didn't print out as well as it did a couple weeks ago. Uh, the main thing on his mind is this very topic that we've talked about for many weeks. That is what Paul is praying that they will grow in, is God's uh, their responsiveness to God's moral will, and that practicing, and remember, we find God's moral will in his word. So we need to know his word well, right? And then we need to practice his word in growing in wisdom and understanding, as Paul talks about here. Wisdom and how to apply God's word to our lives and understanding to be able to do it in every aspect very practically in our lives. So again... Folks, we are right back here in the center, and Paul is praying right here in the green for all these folks that they will do this. It's important to Paul. It should be important to us that we walk in a worthy way, that we walk in spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we do that by continuing to know his word better. Now, we talked a lot about that. I can plug that in and move on because I think we, we understand that concept. And so let's continue with verse 10. And that is we can enjoy the benefits of walking in wisdom or walking, as it says here, in a manner worthy of the Lord. And when we commit to following after God's word, God's moral will in our lives, folks, we can literally, just as we've mentioned, daily walk in a manner in everything that we do that is pleasing to God. And that's what he says, verse 10. 
So as to walk in a manner, when we're following God's will in this way, walking in wisdom, we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now, how do you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? How does how can you in every step, what is he saying here? Be worthy. Well, he gives further description of that, fully pleasing to him. Paul is saying that he his desire for these folks is to continue to know God's word better so that they can practically apply it in literally every situation, their walk, every step that they take, it will be pleasing or honoring to God. Now, we have a word for that. If, if some of us are maybe a little more cynical, some might say, well, that sounds like a pipe dream. That's not possible to really obey God and to please him in every way. Well, folks, I understand we're, we're still struggle with sin. We can't do this perfectly, but our lives can be marked as wise people that do regularly follow after God's ways. That is possible. I mean, if it wasn't possible, Paul wouldn't say it here, right? Paul's not trying to deceive us. He does make clear that the more we learn about following after God's moral will and wisdom and understanding that we can live a life that is, he uses the word, Fully pleasing to God. That's not a mistake there. Paul describes um, a life that in every aspect can be pleasing to God. If we'll submit to his word. Now next, here's what Paul goes. And this is so neat as an extra, as a continued um, description of the blessings of God's will. We've talked a lot about walking in God's will, but folks, now... Paul's going to list some of the blessings of living this way. And so he says, walking in a manner that's pleasing, fully pleasing to God, this is what you can expect. The benefits of walking in a worthy manner. Walking worthy of God. First of all, uh, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God then being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Um, we're, first of all, then, as we go back up to verse 10, we're able to live spiritually fruitful, <laughs> productive lives for God. And we can increase in that. I know many of you attempted to do a garden this summer, and some were more successful than others, and some were very satisfied with their results. And some were not satisfied at all, but you learned from it. And I don't know, there might have been a few of you that said, I didn't learn a thing from it, and I might not do a garden next year. Well, I hope not. Uh, we were very thankful. We, I would say overall, we had a successful summer a year with our garden. Plethora of tomatoes, a full harvest. We were selling them out in front of the house. The boys were keeping an eye on a little money box, and, and we did pretty well. It was, it was pretty fun with that. Um, and we had a good time with that. But that wasn't always the case. Uh, back in Maryland, we had a different situation where the ground was good for growing, but it was also, it seems like it was very damp all the time. And we weren't getting the sunlight that we needed to. And we would get a lot of a rot early on. It was frustrating to us because we couldn't figure out how to get over that hump. And we had a number of other folks. Uh, one uh, fr friend of ours in particular, a couple, 
who were very intent and intense on their gardens. I mean, they had these raised beds and they had these structures that were built and these lattices and all these things for tomatoes. And, and they were really into this. And they almost always ever here had wonderful results. And as we talked with them, we realized, you know what? We have a little bit more growth to do in our being fruitful with our garden. Well, folks, no matter what stage of life you're in, as far as your spiritual walk with God, there's always room for more growth. But don't get discouraged when you look at your life and see, I don't really see the growth that I really want to see. Instead, remember this promise that Paul says, you just dedicate yourself to growing in God's will, learning his word, practicing his word, walking, and God in time will continue to give you a more fruitful life, spiritual fruit, which is even so much better than a bumper tomato crop, right? The spiritual fruit of joy and peace, and we'll see all uh, more of these described here in a minute. But we can, and it's a blessing of walking in a manner pleasing to God by knowing his word and applying it to our lives, <clears throat> we can be fruitful in every good work. That has reminiscence of our study in Titus, where he gave us that long list of good works. So if you're wondering what kind of good works I can grow in, well, read Titus again. He'll give you a good start. And there's plenty of other lists of good works. Again, it's not a religious thing. It's the power of Jesus Christ, as we're going to see here in a minute, that enables us for these good works. So don't get frustrated. Become more dedicated to growing in God's word and his process in this. And that's what Paul is praying for. Have you ever prayed just for people to be fruitful in their spiritual walk? I don't know that that's always tops on my list. I do when I think of our young, young people and, and our some of our folks uh, back in Maryland. And I think of some of you all as well. Um, even some of the counselors that we met this summer, I do pray that they would grow in fruitful um, works and that they would grow in their relationship with God but I could do it better. This is what our prayers should be, folks. We, our prayers tend to, let's be honest, be very self-interested and self-focused. Or for, they tend to be us and the people that are closest to us will get prayed for, and then, you know, everybody else, hopefully they've got somebody close to them that'll be praying for them. We need to expand our prayer life, certainly. So one blessing. Bearing fruit. Another blessing, increasing in the knowledge of God, never being satisfied where we're at as far as our understanding of God's word, but increasing further, knowing God's word in a better, more intimate way. Folks, it does it, it never fails, no matter what study that I do in a book study, uh, personal study, and even as we interact many times on, on these series that, that we've done, I'm always learning more about God's word. In my own personal uh, devotional time, I'll come to a passage where I think, oh, yeah, I know that one really well. Um, I, but, but I need, I'm, I'm at this point, I need to pearl through and I, I need to go ahead and read it anyway. And many times the Holy Spirit will show me something and I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. I never caught that before. We can't get it all at once, folks. We need, we must be growing and increasing. And when we submit to the process of walking in a worthy manner, Paul says, we will increase in the knowledge of God. And that's through a knowledge of his word. 
And then here's the thing. If you think it's not possible, put that feeling, those feelings aside because verse 11, Paul reminds us that God is the one that provides strength and power for all of this growth. And Paul does this in a very adamant way here. Listen to how he describes this, being strengthened. Listen to the different words for power. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Right? Don't doubt. God can work these things in us. Don't despair. You can grow in wisdom and practicing God's word. You can grow in bearing fruit. You can know his word better, not because of our own strength. We'd be a sorry lot if we had to depend on that. Paul is very clear, again, being strengthened, enabled, empowered, not with my own power, but all power. God will give all the power necessary. Where is he going to get that? Well, it's from his might. And his glorious might, the 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 glorious the, the glory and the power and the holiness of God, his gloriousness uh, translates into his strength and power. Folks, he's on all he's omnipotent, right? He's all powerful. Why do we doubt God's work in our lives when we serve an all powerful God? Paul couldn't make it any more clear here. The strength, the power is available to us, and we're going to need it. And look at some of the things that it enables us to do. Here's very practically some of the fruit that we need. We need God's power because for all endurance, we need endurance and patience. We need patience, but with joy in that as well. I, don't, I want to be, I'm talking in a more general way here, but it does seem like that word for endurance applies more specifically to difficult situations, and patience applies to difficult people. And we all know, folks, in the practicalities of life, we're going to be facing difficult situations this week. We face difficult people all the time. And very practically, we may, we, we may have had enough, and we may have said that, I've had enough, I can't take it anymore. I can't deal with this situation. I can't deal with this person anymore. Well, folks, no, no, we don't get to say that. Because God's power will enable us to be fruitful in these things. We can endure any situation because it's not our strength. We have the power of our almighty God behind us. I don't want to be... um, I don't want to be negative tonight. I don't think that in saying this that I am, but folks, we have no excuse, really. We can put up with any situation and person that we need to and show God's love and even have joy in the midst of it. Oh, that's impossible. No, it's not. We can have a deep spirit, um, deep sense of joy and confidence of God working in our lives, that he is working all these things (laughs) for our good. And that realization in any troubling situation can bring us joy. Paul makes that clear when we submit to God's process in this. We need help. And he will bring that. But it's not just kids. Adults tend to act this way too. Folks, we can with joy endure and be patient with others as we walk in a worthy manner. It can happen. 
Well, our worthy walk is possible through God's power. Our worthy walk is possible because of Jesus Christ's redemption. There's a lot of themes of things we've been talking about recently that I love that kind of just uh, weave together here as we continue. Another blessing that God enables us to do is to be thankful. And we can be thankful that we have a share in God's kingdom. So verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We can experience a thankful disposition for all the blessings God has given us. And he, Paul is going to continue with this list of blessings that God has given us. And we're going to realize there is no excuse to not be thankful. It's something that God can work in us. And if we take time to think through, no matter what we're going through, if we take time to think through all the things that God has done for us in the past, and even just read through this list that Paul gives here, and all the things that he's going to do for us in the future, we can grow in our thankful spirit, rather than always being critical, complaining, frustrated all the time. We live in a frustrating world. We live in dark times with difficult things that we face. But look at what we have to be thankful for. Again, verse 12, God has qualified us. You know those loans where you get pre-qualified? Okay. It's even better than that for this, folks. God, through the work of Jesus Christ, has qualified us, not for some financial loan here on this earth, but we get to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And that's a beautiful way of saying the kingdom of light. We have an inheritance in God's kingdom that's eternal, eternal riches, eternal blessings. And he has qualified us through our relationship with Jesus Christ, through what Christ did on the cross. When we put our faith and trust in that, we get a wonderful inheritance, a new body one day, right? Um, uh, per, uh, freedom from sin one day and, and fellowship with God for all eternity and the list could go on and on and on about what we will inherit one day because God loved us and showed us mercy and folks whatever we're facing we ought to be able to be thankful about that then he goes further he's not done he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. This is a further description of the fact that we have an inheritance, that we have a part in God's future kingdom. That domain of darkness is the domain of the world. It's Satan's domain. It's the domain of all evil powers that are opposed to God. And we were a part of that domain. That was our residence. That was an awful, miserable place to live, folks. Nobody should want to be on that, in, in a part of that domain. And God delivered us, rescued us from that. Through again, as we talked about this morning, as we'll see here in a minute, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, through Jesus' bloody sacrifice that we looked at this morning. We were rescued from the domain of darkness, and he transferred us. We now have a part in the kingdom of his beloved son. And you know what that really ties into? I think Paul did have this in mind. Remember God's covenant with David and how God said that David, one, a son of his, would reign on the throne forever? 
This ties back into that Davidic covenant. The promise that God gave David is also our <laughs> promise as well, that we will have a part in that kingdom under um, that descendant of David as one of David's sons, but also God's beloved son, his only son, will rule and reign from David's line, and we will have a part in that, folks. Whatever darkness we face now is nothing compared to the brilliant light of eternity <coughs> of God serving and worshiping King Jesus forever. And we get all that. How is that possible? Because Jesus redeemed us, verse 14. We have redemption in his beloved son. That's Jesus Christ. And what is redemption? We saw that this morning. That is deliverance from the bondage of sin. Jesus paid the full price in his bloody sacrifice on the cross. So that we could be released from our bondage of sin. And he says there, the forgiveness of sin. We can have cleansing from our sin. And all of that we saw this morning. So really in the end here, all we need to do is just reflect on all that we've seen today in Jesus' sacrifice for us and being our Redeemer and the blessing of having cleansing forgiveness of our sins. Folks, that's a long list of blessings for those that commit themselves to walking in God's will that are dedicated to following after God's will in their lives. We are able to see these things built up, uh, fruit, patience, endurance, joy, and so many more because of what Jesus did for us in redeeming us from sin with his sacrifice. And so, again, folks, there's no excuse. We can live. We can do this. We can literally please God on a regular basis and have a life that's characterized by pleasing him in what we do, how we live. Through his great power and strength and glorious might. Who's going to argue with that? Let's submit ourselves to the process and follow after his will for our lives. And let's pray for others to do that as well. Don't miss that part. That should be a major part of our prayer life, is praying for other people's growth as well. That shows that we really do love them when we're concerned for how they grow. Father, thank you for this wonderful reminder from Colossians. Paul's beautiful prayer that he is so faithful and committed to giving to these folks that he's never met. And yet he's grateful for the work that you're doing and wants to see more of it. Lord, as a pastor here, I'm grateful for the work that I see you doing in this church. And we want to see more of it. We don't want to be comfortable um, in, in where we're at spiritually. But my prayer is as well, Lord, I pray you will help me to um, continue to pray along these lines. To pray for the spiritual growth, growth of others. Thank you for the blessing of seeing your work and um, done in lives of those who we have had opportunity to, to help and to encourage and to see uh, you continuing to help them to grow. I pray that for each and every person here, that each one would be in the center of your will, seeking your moral will through your word in all things, 
walking in wisdom and understanding, practically pleasing you in a life pattern and all that they do. And that, that we would experience these blessings of fruitfulness, of patience, of being strengthened by your power. All of this is available to us if we'll submit to your plan. So help us to submit to your will that we can please you. And thank you that you gave us the directory, the guide on how to do that in your word. So there are no excuses, Lord. Help us to be victorious in this as we go from here. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.